Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. So, hi everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, today I have two very special guests, uh, and I think we're going to have a spicy episode episode for you guys, so get out your pickets, get out your blacklist, <laughs> all your tools for protesting. It's going to be fun. Um, okay, so I'm talking with Matt and Blonde, who are, what would you call yourselves, political commentators, YouTubers? Yeah, I'm a mediocre YouTuber with a moderate <laughs> following. Grumpy most days. Yeah, YouTuber and podcaster uh, coming to you from a, the refuge of a wilderness fortress is the line that I go with. <laughs> Which is becoming less and less true. <laughs> yeah, but now Blonde's out of the city, so she has a wilderness fortress of her own, That's too. True. That's true. Your, your f- wilderness is about to get colonialized. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so I wanted to bring you guys on to talk about uh, something that I've been hearing a little bit more frequently kind of in the religious community about the idea that uh, Christian evangelism or more specifically Adventist evangelism is inherently colonial. Um, so I wanted to get your take from a political perspective and a less religious perspective just to kind of get a different sort of opinion. Can you tell me kind of where you're coming from, what your worldview is, how you what you how you would summarize your basic fundamental beliefs about life? Like, for example, I would say my worldview is Christian and my highest values are individual freedom and unselfishness. So how would you kind of just describe your own perspective? You want to go first, Matt? Sure. Um, just just life perspective generally. I'd like to think that I'm someone who's aligned with enlightenment values and uh and individual rights and, and everything that goes along with kind of classic Western philosophy. As far as religion goes, uh, I was baptized Catholic. I've never been um, uh, a major religious person. And, and when I was uh, when I was younger, I went through like a like a really anti-religious rebellious phase, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and now these days, I, I'm still I'm I consider myself secular. I don't consider myself of any particular religious faith as a grounding point in my life. But uh, as, I, as I've mentioned on our stream a few times, I, I certainly see the utility for it. And, uh, and, and we've been posed the question a few times on the show. It's like, what kind of neighbors would you want to have if you were picking? Yeah. Um, nice religious families would be uh, top, top of the list for <laughs> yeah. me. So even it's like the spiritual intellectual element of it doesn't really get to me. But in terms of the value in terms of the the lives that religion tends to lead people to live. Mm-hmm. That's something that I can appreciate quite a lot. And those are the kind of people that I generally would, would like to associate with. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm an aspiring Christian. Hmm. I'm less principled than Matt. That's just <laughs> the truth of it. But I, I'm more on a political journey where I would say that I've gone from center left to far right ever further right every day one of these days i'm going to realize i overcorrected and have to backtrack but i'm not there yet um as far as christianity is concerned um like skag i see the utility in it and 
I truly wish I was more of a believer because Christian people just seem happier. And like the neighbor thing, I think nice Christians would be number one on my list of of people that I want to live by. Yet I'm having a hard time um, adopting the more mythical elements of religion and incorporating them into my life. So so I, I would say that I'm also on the secular side, but aspiring. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. That's interesting to know. Um, so my audience likely are people who have are very religious and have grown up religious and or have grown up religious, but have questioned it and either left or have thought about leaving. Um, and that's kind of been my journey. I grew up very conservative Christian, um, had a lot of intellectual questions about it, pushed back in high school, college, um, never completely left as far as my outward behavior was, but internally I didn't really care that much. And then uh, late college, after college, I kind of saw the intellectual value of it and have come back. And so that's what my podcast is about, just sort of that journey for people our age, millennials, um, in the Adventist church. And so a little bit about Adventists, we're, we're just kind of Protestant Christian denomination. The The denomination originated in the United States in the 1800s um, and now is in most of the countries of the world. It's one of the most prolific Protestant denominations. Um, And the things we're known for usually outside of Adventism are that a lot of people are vegetarians and that we keep the the Jewish Sabbath. So that's just kind of a brief for your information. Um, So now I I guess just to kind of dive into our actual topic here, uh, what I've been hearing a little bit more from my peers in the church um, is the idea that because Christianity, the idea of Christianity is that as Christians, we are supposed to go around the world and share our sort of worldview with other people and try to proselytize them, that that is inherently uh, colonial. And specifically for Adventism, because it originated in the United States, it's especially... (laughs) American colonial, and that it's so inextricably tied together that we have to now go and apologize to the world for how colonialist we've been <laughs> throughout history. And I, I have seen that as um silly, I guess, at worst, best, and just. Uh, not logical like in, in a lot of ways. So I wanted to kind of, kind of get your guys' perspectives. First of all, my first question, I guess, would be how would how would you define colonialism for people who maybe aren't up on these kinds of topics? Ooh, that's, that's kind of a tough one. You want that one, Blonde, or I can take a stab at it. <laughs> how would you describe colonialism? Um, I mean... I mean, there. I suppose there are cultural understandings to the concept of colonialism. If I were a leftist, I would say a culture that has superior weaponry um, takes over an impoverished culture and like milks them of resources. But I would say, (laughs) I would say that a culture with superior values often tries to spread those values to impoverished communities. Yeah. I, I think there's a distinction when I hear, when I think of colony or colonization, I, I don't know, I guess I don't know the technical definition to the term, but I think of trying to extract resources or something useful from that place to serve, you know, where, where you came from, I suppose. When I think of 
a religious mission in its purest form, or even um, to some extent, like what Blonde and I do in talking about ideas online, I would hope to to entertain people and I would hope to give them information, but ultimately I I hope to persuade them to see the world the way that I do and to think the way that I do. And I'm not looking to take over their lives or anything like that. Right. So colonization, I guess, would to me that implies like going to their place, to their property, to their home, whatever, and trying to take it over yourself as opposed to simply, I guess, influencing or reasoning with or Mm. uh, is that a distinction that makes sense? Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that is part of the crux of the question is how do you define colonialism? Because that will determine sort of what you think about it. I think my my personal kind of how I view it is uh, or the way I've heard it described uh, colonialism being a little bit more like going somewhere and um, uh, impressing your culture on another culture where you are versus like imperialism, which is more going there and like using an iron fist or whatever right. to uh-huh. take over. Um, so the idea that that Adventism or Christianity ha- is colonial in the sense that you're going somewhere and trying to like patronizingly impose your cultural values on some other culture to me is a little bit contradictory in that if you're proselytizing Christianity as a worldview, what, how do you separate what's Christianity and what's just you imposing your culture on someone? Um, And so that's what doesn't make sense to me about this argument that I've heard. Like, if you want to just say, if you want to just say, Okay, nobody is allowed to try to proselytize their idea, ideology, or culture, or anything at all whatsoever, because colonialism is bad. That's one thing. But to believe that we should share Christianity while at the same time saying that we should apologize for colonialism seems right. a little bit contradictory. To yeah, me. and I guess I just don't see the distinction between um like a religious set of ideas that you're talking about and say in a set of ideas that I guess I'd consider secular that I would talk about at the end of the day, I'm trying to speak to people and get them to um, warm up to or accept or endorse a set of values that I think leads to a better life and a better society. So whether there's a religious spiritual element to that or not, it's still the same game. You know what I mean? It's like, here's a set of values I think will produce a great life for you and others. You should consider adopting them. Yeah. Right. Which, and which that as Christian evangelism is kind of the idea, like to convince other people or show other people the value of it. But as soon as it reaches the point of like being coercive or oppressive, then I think it's not helpful. Um, So I've been more and more convinced that uh, Western society or the West has been increasingly demonized in our society and kind of going along with that religion or Christianity specifically. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on why that would be or have you noticed it? Do you think that's true? I mean, I've definitely noticed it. It's uh, right there along with hatred for straight white males being the the fashionable pick right now. If I had to guess why... (laughs) I mean, it, it, we there are forces that are hostile to Western civilization, to Western values, generally speaking, uh, the United States specifically, but the rest of the West is 
viewed as like colonialist imperialist in the same way that you're describing to the extent that uh the judeo-christian religious values are at the foundation of the west development it seems like right. a, a combination that kind of goes hand in hand like yeah, yet I, I hear people the- deny that all the time like i'll say that on the on the show that, that we are rooted in christian tradition and people will be like well the founding fathers were all you know moderate secularists Mm-hmm. And and that those are the foundations that our country is built I, I, upon. But I, I really that, don't think so. I don't think that's true. I mean, you you think of the John Adams quote about how the Constitution is written to govern, uh, you know, a religious people or moral people, right? And we um, drew from more religious societies. Sure, I I think the idea inherent in the idea of political liberty is that you there are certain responsibilities that that you need to accept to manage your own liberty and to maintain a a society that values liberty part of that is not being a total degenerate you know what i mean (laughs) it might not be the state who's imposing those restraints upon you i agree that that's a terrible uh agent for that type of restriction but ultimately i think what you'd want is the individual and the community to define you know listen it's it's good to behave this way it's good to restrain yourself in this way i i don't think it's it's correct that the founding fathers just wanted everyone to do every hedonistic thing that you know felt good to them at the time I, right I, I don't think that was it at all so the so people who have told me that um christianity and evangelism is inherently colonial say uh-huh. that that's not a political statement whatsoever it's just in line with christian principles but i see it as only political um, as part of leftist ideology, because uh, leftist ideology doesn't like Western Enlightenment. Um, so, do you think? Do you agree that it's political or not political, coming from a non-religious perspective? I guess to me, the, it's a distinction that wouldn't necessarily matter that much if I'm understanding correctly. I mean, it, um, it wouldn't change whether you have the the right to do what you're talking about or the moral implications of what you're talking about, whether it was a political or a religious conviction. Right, right. Um, so, t- so to me, I, I suppose I, I, I don't, I don't know the difference it would make. Okay. Whether it was I get, do you mean like the difference it would make to the left or to the right? Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's where I'm confused. Uh, I guess when you say there, when you say it, what are you referring to when you say it? Whether it's a political or a right, right. religious case, what is it? The idea that religious people need to apologize for colonialism. Oh. So, um, I th- well, I think it's the same as the idea that I, I think it's fundamentally the same idea behind things like check your privilege. Like, yeah, it's, it's that which same is sort of thinking. A political mm-hmm. ideology, but it's also dogmatic in its approach. Yeah. I mean, leftists have a, a religious zealotry about them they're obsessed with their secularism and individualism. Yes, it, like it, is, it is hugely ironic yeah. to watch. Yeah. But as far as like strictly religious, I, I, I would have to say it's political. And I guess I, I need to define the terms too. Like what, what entails, like what, I guess, what is a religion? What's the definition? Because like you're saying, I don't see a distinction between the type of thing that um, Emily's talking about in terms of, you know, belief in a higher power that has espoused a set of values for you to uphold. And a lot of that is, I don't want to say dogmatic 
to to dismiss it. It's it's a set of universal truths that generally you're supposed to uphold and follow because generally they lead to good outcomes. That's the same sort of thinking that exists in a lot of these like leftist tenets about the oppression hierarchy and all this other stuff, like a set of ideas that you're not to question because they're universally true. I think the difference is that most religious people I know are, they're willing to, they're not going to jump down your throat. If you question their religious tenets, they're going to say like, well, uh, maybe, maybe that's not for me, or maybe this conversation's not for me, but they're not going to try to ruin your life. Whereas if you try to question the religious tenets of the left, uh, then you get the you get yeah, the Covington treatment, you, you know. The yeah. Covington yeah. treatment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting. I wasn't expecting that because coming from a very religious um sort of point of view, uh, I guess. So okay, let me try to explain how I'm working through this. Uh, religious people tend to place a hierarchy on their sets of beliefs. So uh-huh. the Bible or their religion is at the top then politics is below that and social stuff is below that. Um, so, so the arguments within religion about, for example, needing to apologize for colonialism uh, are if you bring a religious argument, then it can be argued. If you bring a political argument, it's not as important. Does that make sense? Okay, but do the people making that argument to you understand or know about that hierarchy? Yeah, well, because everybody, yes, because everybody uses it as, well, if it's not biblical, then don't tell me about it. Or, like, if you don't have a, a religious reason for it, then it's it's in, in, invalid, basically. So so my my issue is what I see as people making political arguments while saying that they are religious arguments so that they're above um, the ability to be argued. Oh, yeah, I see. The left does the opposite of that as well, though. They'll make political arguments that are actually dogmatic and religious. So, so <laughs> which is the funny irony because well which is such a huge part of cognitive dissonance that of this uh whole sort of split between being a conservative re- person in the sense of religion yeah. but a left or liberal person in the sense of politics that how can those things two things go together mm-hmm. um because because within the religious community the people on the religious left demonize the people on the right for being do- dogmatic right while the lo- the political left demonizes religious people for being dogmatic yeah so you're kind of it's lose lose i feel like but but yeah okay so all of that being said um i went to a convention last week the week before um that was a church convention and all of the breakout sessions were basically like uh social justice basically breakouts talking about equity equality talking about all this kind of stuff and this is within your church or this is like a multi-faith event no just Adventists. So part of one of them was about multiculturalism. One of them was about LGBTQ plus anyway. So there's a huge push right now to press multiculturalism uh, within the church uh, because, you know, 
my Christianity. <laughs> well, how do you um, how do you make it multicultural without being colonialist? <laughs> well, well exactly. Problems. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of why I wanted to talk about you guys talk about it with you guys from from the political perspective. Like, is there any value in multiculturalism? Why or why not? To you, from a political perspective, and by which you mean like racial gender diversity. Yeah. To me, no. Yeah. I, I don't I have to agree. There's you. there's no inherent value. It, it's it's sort of I mean, you could make the argument that it's value negative. Perhaps Blackfield Blonde will go that way. Oh, for to sure. Me, it's, just value, it's value neutral to me, but I, there's no, an it's argument. Value the other negative. Way. When you when you hire people based on preferential treatment because of superficial characteristics, you're proactively defeating the meritocracy. It's idiotic. Oh, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I'm just saying- Well, we're doing like, that with immigration, too. It's not like we're just taking the best people from every country. Right, right. I'm just saying, like, if there's a corporate board and I see if it's like, whether it's all white men or whether it's like a grab bag of minorities, Yeah. I need to know who they are and what their abilities right. are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, right. So, and this kind of- is tied in with the last confusing question that I asked you is when I look at this and I see all of these breakout sessions about social justice, I think this is a political convention labeled as a religious convention, but no, nobody there would see it that way. Yeah. Um, so, so how, how would you um, maybe describe to someone that in fact what they're talking about is purely political and has nothing to do with historically christian values i guess well I, i've i've sat through some of these meetings before too in the workplace setting back at my old job when the writing started to be written on the wall that i had to get out of there um and I couldn't because I, I was in a position that a lot of people are where like my salary is connected to my descent in such a scenario, I, I never really spoke up, but I guess in terms of repeat your question, you're saying whether so, it's political, how would I convince them that this is political and not of religious value? That's kind of the question. Um, yeah, I, well, I guess the same way I would have approached it in the workplace. If I could have, if I had the courage, I, I'm thinking in my head, how can you show me that diversity uniquely and in of itself is inherently valuable right. to yeah. the outcome of the mission of in in that case it was it was the work that we were doing in your case it would be whatever the mission of the church is advancing the church's ideas or or raising money for charitable efforts whatever it is i need to see some kind of reliable analysis that says if you put in uh, you know x diversity you get out y positive result and i never see that satisfactorily demonstrated it's just it's just universally true that like if if there's the right mix of colors or genders then somehow Equals the success. outcome we're, yeah yeah somehow the outcome we're after is achieved better or more easily or more efficiently i've i i know whenever i see this stuff this like pamphlets on diver, like corporate diversity or whatever you get they always have that dogmatic piece of information it's linked to better outcomes, diverse workforces produce better stuff or better things or whatever. I've, I've never seen a, a vettable like academic study that shows that. And I'm open to it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I haven't seen it. So I would, that's the line of questioning I would go with. Show me convincingly that this diversity input equals better output for our mission. Yeah. Which of course they'll never be able to do. 
Um, so, you know, you have to create your own argument. But even the act of fighting against this is going to um, destroy people's careers. That's the real problem. Everybody knows this is stupid, but nobody can talk about it without just nuking their personal life mm-hmm. and career. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, can you imagine ta- standing up in that meeting and be like, being like, all right, this is uh, <laughs> this is insane and this is never going to work and your company is going to lose a bunch of money. Like you'd get fired immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd become uh, I would have been a pariah at work. Not, not even for, and what's going in my head is not even, I'm not saying it's not going to work. I'm saying, please provide me with evidence that it will. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's all. Right. And, and as it goes down in flames to just whistle and, and not admit that. Right. Um, Cause I think there have been plenty of, of, evidences that it's not helpful um as we see our deteriorate deteriorating race relations in this country which has increasingly gotten worse over the Mm -hmm. last 10 15 years um i think that you could probably make a really easy correlation with multiculturalism or the idea of yeah and it's it's crazy to see how backwards we've gone on this because the ideal used to be, all right, judge the individual regardless of immutable characteristics and whatever else happens is fine as long as the game is fair for everybody. Well, yeah. lo and behold, the game being fair for everybody still produces unequal results. Some people do better than others. And unfortunately, or you know, I, I don't even say fortunately or unfortunately, it's just the way of the world. In a free system, some groups behave differently than others. Some groups tend to do better than others. And so the left has now realized, well, I guess we actually do need to judge on color and give or or gender and give certain people preferential treatment or automatically, you know, higher preference for for our job or for performance evaluation or, or for whatever. Because at the end of the day, it's like it's never going to be good enough unless every workforce is exactly demographically representative right. Right. of the country in that, that we're talking about. And of course, in a free system, that could never be the, the case. You'll <laughs> never get that outcome unless you control every individual. And that, ironically enough, speaks to the point you made earlier. <laughs> if you're trying to make equity within a Christian denomination racial equity yeah does that not require you to be colonialist to have enough people of varying yeah to the extent that christianity is not popular among certain demographics (laughs) yes of course that and 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 you've just identified a a key hole in the reasoning Uh, but that's the thing is it's like it's never about principles it's never about uh a, a core set of beliefs it's just like it's like it's like I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how they'd walk out of that hole you just created because you just demonstrated exactly the point. So Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, um which which has really been a huge struggle for me being uh inside the church because because yes, I do take huge issues with the dogmatism um on the fundamentalist right. But I see it equally mirrored on the on the liberal left and I feel like I'm sort of caught in the middle like where everyone is decrying everyone else's dogmatism and I'm like how how can nobody see that they're doing the exact same thing just in a mirror image right yeah and so i don't know (laughs) it's hard it's hard to talk to people about it because it's so intertwined with um people's 
long-held beliefs, closely-held beliefs, emotions, all of that kind of thing. Yeah. We're getting close to the end here. Uh, one final question to you guys. I think we all agree that that uh, proselytizing to the degree of coercing people is is not great. But just from the outside <laughs> looking in, uh, the idea of evangelism, which is let's go out into the rest of the world, share our values, try to, for the purpose of in giving better outcomes to people, um, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I would have, I used to think no, but now I'm like, I can get on board with that. Um, because I sort of compare this proselytizing with like spreading medical advancements, things that are going to have a history of markedly improving other people's lives. Um, and so I think it's more like, it's more like, sh you know, sharing advancements, like cultural advancements. Mm than it is trying to forcefully indoctrinate people. I mean, at the end of the day, they do choose what to believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're not violating the individual's rights, I, I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. I mean, I, I might personally be annoyed, like the same, you know, when people come and knock on my door and try to tell <laughs> me like how to vote or uh, even if they're just having like a church meeting or something like, all right, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be rude yeah, to them. Yeah. But I don't like to be told it's like, what to do, but I don't mind being asked what I would like to do. And given right. options. Yeah. No, and yeah. Nobody's ever forced anything upon me. Nobody's ever come to my door and said, you will attend this right, church meeting. Right, right. And, and as long as that doesn't happen, then I don't have a problem with it. And uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really see how anyone could, unless, of course, you are fundamentally opposed to the ideas that are being sold, which, of course, we know a lot of the, uh, the so-called progressive left is not a... They're, they're not friendly to letting you select ideas for yourself mm. they're friendly of they're they're they like to impose ideas upon you but that's yeah. that's another one of the ironies you know what i mean is like i think what you're talking about and what we're talking about is still within a free exchange of ideas mm -hmm. it's just somebody's doing the selling and somebody's doing the potential shopping right what what i see a lot more on the left is here is the set of ideas that will be adopted or you'll be morally deficient or you'll be mm. Uh, you'll be a pariah. You'll be an outcast. You'll be whatever. As long as long as ideas are not being enforced upon a person, I have no problem with how they are proliferated. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the examples that was given to me, uh, Ryan Becker, you know who you are. Come at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was that one of the ways in which we have been colonial? Is uh, that we go, like, for example, to Africa um, or have gone and preached the gospel message, converted people to Christianity and told them then, OK, now you have to wear suits to go to church, et cetera, et cetera. When in his estimation, that's colonialists imposing our, our culture on them because Africa is hot and who wants to wear a suit? Yada, yada, yada. Right. Well, OK, well, uh, one thing. Sure. Uh to impose that standard on people is coercive, which I disagree with. But the idea that uh, going and evangelizing and converting people to Christianity, uh, okay, they also in that process gave up, for example, female genital mutilation or other terrible, terrible aspects of culture that I think Christians and most reasonable people would agree is inherently not as good. 
Um, so, so my question to those people, Ryan Becker, is <laughs> how, what, how exactly are you going to separate those two things? What is just culture that we impose, like you have to wear a suit? And what is objectively something that's going to give you a better life if you decide to adhere to it? And well, I think, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to ask, as far as the suit goes, if I'm understanding this correctly, that is like a condition of joining the church, right? Well, no, it's not now, which is why oh, I think okay. it's a stupid argument. And I don't even know that it ever was, but the idea, that's the example that has been used as like us telling people that, you know, to be in order to be respectful and look nice or whatever, then you should wear a suit and yeah. not whatever pajama looking stuff Africans wear. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, again, as long as it's not, you will wear a suit at gunpoint. Like, r- right, I, I right. Mean, if, you're, if you're choosing it, I get it. It's hot. It might be uncomfortable. But if you're choosing it out of your own free will, I, I, that doesn't bother me. Yes. Uh, and I, it may have at one point been a coercive thing, which obviously I agree. That's that's not right. But to make to take that and equate it to the, the entirety of of Christian evangelism, I think is a little bit lazy. Um, so hmm. anyway uh yeah any do you guys have any sort of last thoughts last comments last whips to crack over people (laughs) no thank you so much for having us on i'm I'm so happy to see you started a podcast no thank you guys i have listened to you guys uh for a long time and i enjoy your show and i encourage other people to go and listen to it so uh if you want to plug it here yeah it's uh it's every sunday night at nine eastern live and of course you can listen on demand later it's called beauty and the beta it is on my channel uh on youtube it's under my name matt christensen if you'd like to find that content or any of the additional content, it's on the website as well, mattchristensenmedia.com. Cool. Um, well, I really appreciate you guys being here, and I think that probably we'll get a lot of pushback <laughs> to this episode, so I welcome that. Hmm. So if you have questions, comments, um, angry Bible <laughs> texts to send to me, send them to me at adventistmillennial at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook at SDA Millennial or on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, and yeah, go ahead and bring your arguments, and, and if you have a counterargument, feel free to reach out. Ryan Becker, and you can come on the show. Uh, feel free to try to pull my sponsorship if you don't agree <laughs> with me. And we'll see all of you guys next week. Bye.